You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life, with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to our 36th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. Tonight I have a very special group of people here to talk with you. They're my first participants in mental freedom coaching. We're only halfway through, and I wanted them to be able to talk to you about what their experience has been like. It's a six-session course, so we've done three sessions so far. Instead of me talking to you about mental freedom, I'd like to ask my participants to talk about what it's been like for them. Who would like to go first? Hey, this is Amshad, and I'll go. Um, what's really, I'm trying to be careful of the word because I don't want to oversell or undersell, but what's been very fascinating is that the mental freedom begins the moment the coaching begins. From your very first set of questions, I won't give them here, but just about control. And interestingly enough, releasing control gave me more freedom. Uh, really just pushed me closer to my goals faster than I imagined. I mean, I thought we would have this long drawn out process and then there'd be a reveal at session six. And that has not been the case. We're immediately brought into this place of self-responsibility that has been liberating. I really appreciate the voice that I found in myself from it. I feel like I'm showing up. I get to show up more full and, and honor myself even better because I've begun this process. So who knows what the reveal in session six will be. <laughs> the first three have been pretty darn awesome. Well, I'm really glad that you mentioned the amount of time because one of the things I really believe, I, you know, I'm a counselor by education and I don't believe in six months, years of counseling. I think that when you align yourself with these ideas and concepts, there's no reason that coaching needs to take forever. I think it can be done. Sometimes I have people who are done in four sessions, in six sessions. My average length of time is three months for coaching, and I think it doesn't have to take a long time. I'm glad that worked for you that way, Chat. Thanks for saying that. Anytime I've worked with you, Kim, I've learned so much. And I love choice theory, reality therapy. As I realize the more choices I have and I get a more articulated view of those choices and I develop uh, the concepts that you teach us each week and I share and hear with the other members of the group, I just always come away from this with well, with more mental freedom and more emotional freedom and more hope and more excitement. It's been wonderful. I would be even looking forward to the next time that we can do this and keep a steady diet of being able to take a couple hours every other week to look at my life and to make positive changes in the amount of self-judgment I leave behind and the freedom to live my life in ways that maybe I hadn't imagined before. That's terrific, Pam. I know that you're a therapist. I'm wondering if you've been able to share any of these ideas with your clients. Uh, yes, as a matter of fact. And uh, that's another reason, thank you for reminding me of another reason why I love this so much, because 
I can take this and use it in sessions and use it with clients. And so it's really a training, not just for me, but something I can take into the work environment and really encourage other people to say, use unconditional trust with themselves and their ability to see the difference between responsibility and responsibility. So yes, it's very exciting to be able to take that. And as I use it, I learn it more deeply myself. Great. Thanks so much. As you can tell from my accent, it's a little different to everyone else's. I just wanted to say a couple of things. One was about, I suppose, the fact that I live in Australia and that hasn't stopped me joining in the course. So don't let that, if you think, oh, no, she lives in America and I'm here, stop people. But I um, also wanted to talk about what the others had about the fact that what the course has taught me so far is that the power of the language that we use, how powerful that is. And just by tweaking it or changing it, that gives you the mental freedom. It's also been, for me, it's been great to connect to others and hear how they're doing with the concepts and listen to how they interpret it. Kim has her way of stating the point, And then we all sort of get a chance to perhaps relate it to our lives and how and then that that's good for me because I can listen to what other people are doing and it also reminds me of some of the things that I'm doing too so the group chats have been really useful great I love having small group coaching I think people get Mm. the opportunity to learn from each other things that they may not have thought of on their own so I love the I love the setup yeah thanks well, I'll go next. My name is Tony Kitchens, and I'm really thrilled to be a part of this mental freedom group because for years I had created my own mental prison, I called it. Because in that mental prison, I was always afraid really to be me. I would always kind of be a chameleon, That, if I had to put that in a way where you can understand it, is that I would fit whatever mode there was. I would change and adapt to fit my environment because for me that was survival. But over a period of time, I began to not like that feeling of adapting all the time. I wanted just to be me. And in this mental freedom group, I think I've achieved just that. I've achieved a sense of mental freedom where I'm okay to be me. It's okay to be who I am. I don't have to defend that in that perspective. I don't have to defend that at all. I can simply be myself and know that people are going to be who they are and be okay with that. I don't have to continuously change my position in order to make others feel significant around me. I don't have to do that. I don't have to shrink so that other people feel that way. I don't have to put myself in such a high position to where I tower over other people either. I'm kind of okay with now just being who I am, that I know that I have significance, that my significant need is okay. And so I experience a certain degree of freedom in that by examining the tenets that Kim talks about in this mental freedom group. And it's just been great for me. I'm really glad it's been working out for you, Tony. It sounds like you've made some really good changes. Kathy, you want to say something? Yeah, you know, um, when this first came across to me, I was like, okay, what do I want to do with this? What am I really looking for? 
And then it was one of those, well, it's an opportunity for growing the wisdom. Okay, that's not how GLOW works, but you know where I'm going. <laughs> Um, so it was a chance to kind of expand and explore on. And in the first meeting, it was like, oh, right, I do have this. Not always using it as effectively as I could, but I do have it. Then through the next meetings, it was a time of, oh, you think you had that, but are you really sure you had it the right way? What I was finding as I go through this, even at the halfway mark, was, wow, I'm really good at teaching it to the clients the right way, but I'm not always good at taking my own advice. <laughs> so it gives an opportunity to say, okay, yeah, you're really good at teaching it, but you really need to re-internalize what you're teaching and bringing it to that next level. Thanks for saying that too, Kathy, because one of the things I think is so important is especially when you're a person that's teaching choice theory, is that you want to be practicing it as well. That brings me to the next question I wanted to ask you guys, and nobody has to go in any particular order. You can just say what it is that you want to say. The thing that's interesting, I didn't plan it this way, but every person that joined my first mental freedom coaching group are already choice theory people. Everybody on this podcast today are at least certified in choice theory, and some are actual instructors in choice theory. I'm curious for you, how is this the same and how is it different from what you learned in choice theory? I think it's the same in the basic language. Tonight's session really reminded me that inner voice language the difference that choice theory says versus the approach you take with it. So I think it's there in the language, but it goes above and beyond the language, if that makes any sense. Okay. In this session, I like the unconditional trust challenge, even though I have to admit that I didn't quite understand what it meant when I first heard it, because my first initial reaction was, I don't trust everybody. But I began to realize that it's not about whether you trust every individual or not. It's about understanding that the person that's before you is trying to get their needs met the best way that they can. And you have to trust that. You have to trust the fact that that's what they're doing. They can only see it from their own perspective. And once you understand that, that they're doing the best that they can, then it, for me, allowed me to have some compassion for that person in a way to where I could see them as someone who was just simply trying to get their needs met. Does that mean that they run over me? Absolutely not. It does not mean I allow them to run over me, but I can understand it and then look at it from a point to where I don't have to, well, it, let's say it increase a certain level of compassion for me, increase a certain level of compassion. And also it opens up the opportunity for me to practice choice theory as opposed to telling choice theory. Oh, what a difference, huh? Yes. Yeah. So I, as I practice the choice theory, it opens up that opportunity for me to practice it in ways to where it's invitational as opposed to me as a certified a person in choice theory talking about the five basic needs and this and that and all the tenets that goes with that. And it gives me the opportunity to be able to, again, experienced from their perspective because I now see them in a different light rather than saying, 
I need to pour choice theory into their head. So, good luck yeah. with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tony, I was I looked back through my notes and I was looking for that what you said about before about the practicing choice theory, not teaching it. And that's what I think, Kim, when you ask the question, you know, how is it different? I think it's reminding myself that practicing it is what I need to do and in that I will be teaching it. You know how you said before about I can for my goal you talked about you know, I have to let go of the fact that people might not love choice theory the way I do. Well, you don't have to, Christine, but you might want mm -hmm. to. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. <laughs> that was exactly. kind of our yeah, lesson tonight yeah. about have to and want to. So just that's so right. you know, that was yeah. a little insider joke, but... Yeah, that's right, yeah. And also the concept you talked about, you know, the response ability and the response ability understanding those words in choice theory terms i think the choice theory language and stuff that the knowledge that we have helps but you don't have to have it either you know it's it, well choice theory to me is common sense anyway but um you know you wouldn't have to have a choice theory knowledge to be able to do your course right and sometimes it might be that choice theory knowledge might get in the way of this course it could be i think my goal when i put this together was to help people really operationalize the tenets of choice theory mm -hmm. um, and some of the things, the way that I've worked to internalize it myself all these years, I mean, 30 years or more, more than 30 years, I'm ashamed to say, of practicing choice theory in my life and how every day I'm looking to go a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. And somehow life puts in front of me situations that challenge me the easy thing to do is to rely on old habits. But every time something happens in my life, it's been a way of expanding how I apply this. And then I just wanted to share what I've learned with other people. And I'm starting to develop this mental freedom so that it's something that can help other people also. And I want to go back to you saying choice theory is common sense because I would say choice theory is common sense. That's not very common. Yeah. Yes, that's true. That's right. Yeah. I, I love what Tony said, that truly learning choice theory has let me out of a mental prison and other people out of the prison I had them in. When I learned to stop judging and comparing and fearing and trying to externally control, that every time I do one of these workshops, it's a deeper level of learning the ability to love myself, love others, trust myself, trust others, and realizing the freedom of the gifts I see in the world when I stop trying to externally control everything and just understanding mm -hmm. what that means. And that as I more deeply live the tenets of this teaching, like you said, Christine, I will be teaching it to my grandchildren. They'll just see it in me. Yeah. It'll be the way I am in the world. And it is reconstructing really who I am. And I'm really liking that person more and more over the years as I more deeply learn this. You know, this opportunity to practice in this way, in this forum, reminds me of something that I heard someone say that education the word education is derived from the Latin word educo, meaning to educe from within. And so being in this environment 
allows me to be able to come from within and not focus so much on teaching it from a literary academic perspective because I'm certified in choice theory, but to induce it from within and then allow it to live for the person to experience it rather than me focusing so much on the academic teachings. So. Mm. That is the realest thing that I can say about this is that it's been real. So your goal, Kim, around operationalizing this for us or helping us to operationalize from within ourselves, thanks for that distinction, Tony, is that the same way water inside of the cup doesn't quench your thirst, it's not until you actually apply it or actually take the sip from the cup. The mental freedom mm-hmm. process really helped me to take the understanding that I've got from the class, reading the books, and even in the conversations that I have with people about choice theory, reality therapy, and really practicing it and making it a every day, every hour kind of a practice. And so, thank you. Mm, you're welcome. And you know, Kim, I'd just like to say one last thing is that one of the things I love about this class is that we have a goal. Each week we have a goal. And that then it helps me to work on one specific thing for that two weeks and to have accountability with you when I come back. So I know that I am then making progress because if I don't have a goal and I don't have some accountability, then I can get lost and it can kind of just float away instead of being really concrete and really long-term. And and I'll add on to that, Pam, it's a goal that we can achieve. It's not something that's in, you know, imposed on us or, right. or, you know, say, you know, we'll have to have the same goal. It, it relates to our life and it's something that we know that we need to work on and then we do. And if right. we don't, well, we can t- t- say that too and get some other suggestions from others. We can learn from that too. Yeah, and it's yeah. my goal that I created. One of the things I learned is, In business, now they're teaching everybody make SMART goals, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. And this whole group is that Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways to me. Yeah, but also having the mental freedom, even if you don't want to have a goal, that's okay too. Yeah. And And being in that space and saying that it's okay that yet I don't have a goal, it's okay to have that freedom in the group to say that. Yes. With acceptance, we lessen our suffering. And what I was saying before too about how the group, sometimes, Tony, you don't have a goal, but then you listen to the others and think, oh, hang on, yeah, that might be what I'd like to work on. Yeah. Anything any of you want to say in closing? I want to say I am so glad I met you. I am so glad that somebody handed me Dr. Glasser's first book. I am so, so grateful that I was brought into this world and then I met you there, Kim. Well, thank you, And all of you, by the way, my new friends. Yeah, (laughs) what she said. Yeah, I absolutely, I have to agree with that. And Kim, you may not remember this, but I'll never forget when I first started my journey in choice theory in 2004, I was told, just wait, it takes about seven years to really internalize and absorb everything. And I remember I was having a conversation with you and you said, you know, how long have you been doing this? And I did the math and realized that I had hit the seven year mark. (laughs) That's awesome. Because it did take about seven years for me. And that was only the beginning. That was, you know, 
you think that you got it and you can say, oh yeah, I've internalized it. And I had, but people often will equate it with an onion, peeling the layers of the onion. And I feel like I know that mental freedom that I'm teaching you will continue to evolve. It's not going to be a static thing. So when I say I'm working it out, I definitely have it worked out for what I'm going to do in this group. But I also believe that next year, there'll be something more to it. It's going to constantly live, breathe, evolve. And it's not going to just be me that evolves it. It's going to be the people who've learned it. And I'm looking forward to creating a community of people who are practicing mental freedom so that you could join that community and you could stay in touch with one another and keep elevating each other and challenging each other and providing accountability for each other. So that's something that's on my goal list to do for next year. So you guys will be the first participants in that group, I imagine, if you want to stay in touch. And it sounds like you do. What I would say, Kim, is that in my journey to get to this point, I'm reminded of the old adage that says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm -hmm. What I didn't realize that it took me 30 years to get here. (laughs) I'm happy to be where I am in this space in my life. I'm happy to have you in my space, in my life. So thank you. You know, one of the things I found through the process of, of going through all the trainings and the certification and just getting to know the Glasser world was something I had really never found in the world, which was safety. I could be who I was, I could make a mistake, and I was always encouraged, I was always helped, I was always embraced and accepted, and never criticized and put down, and I'd never experienced that before, and I want everyone to experience that. Mm. Maybe they will. I hope so. Thanks so much, and I will see you again in two weeks' time. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that you'll join me next week for a show on the stories we make up in our heads. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash podcast and remember to subscribe.